0: Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. If you've ever driven through Athens, Michigan, your eye may have been drawn to this old two story home with an Italianate style right off M66 on the north side of town. For many years, this home was in a state of neglect, and recently, in 2017, new owners began to restore this incredible landmark, which is known as the Greenfield House. Today, I have a special guest, Keith Dara, who played a large role in this historic renovation. And we're going to talk about some of the history of Athens and the project and much more. So welcome, Keith. Thank you for taking time to be on the podcast today.
1: Well, thanks, Michael. We're happy to be here and uh, hopefully we can shed some more light on this project to everybody Okay.
0: Else. Sounds good. So, Keith, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself, maybe, to start this off and how you became involved with the project?
1: Well, I moved out to the Athens area uh, about 18 years ago from Metro Detroit and uh, got involved in my own remodeling business and uh, got to know Chico and Judy Ramirez, uh, who were really instrumental in this whole Greenfield House project. And so once he found out my background in historic home re- renovations, well, he had to pull me in on this one.
0: Oh, sounds, and
1: so, you know, it was just a matter of first it was questions, and then, well, how can we do this? And and before I knew it, every time I turned around, Chico was knocking on my door saying, hey, come on and look at this. We, you know, how do we do this? How do we do that? So I just kind of jumped into it 100%. And four years later, here's where we're at.
0: Wow. Yeah. So he acquired the property in 2017, and he, um, how how long would it was would you say the assessment stage was done before you um
1: started work? Say, well, you know, between fundraising and and just going over, we really didn't start any type of manual work in there for about a year. Okay. Uh, you know, there were so many things to look at. The house uh, had been kind of subdivided into. At one time, two. I think at another time, three separate apartments. Wow. And so, you know, we had to go through and assess electrical needs. And, you know, do we need to, re- can we fix or can we replace? Uh, right. And that, not, you know, not just for electrical, but plumbing and, and heating and cooling, all the mechanicals. Uh, so it, it was about a year of assessment before we really started even getting in and cleaning things out.
0: Okay. Now, do you know a little bit of the background story on the history of the house itself?
1: Well, uh, it was built, to best of my knowledge, in 1865 uh, by Sylvester Ware, Uh uh, who was a a fairly prominent person here in the uh, opening stages of the Athens community. Uh, He and two or three other gentlemen uh, developed the the river and the the mill pond for uh, power to... Or their mills and their, their their woodworking shops and that type of thing. Uh, so he he was very high up on the, the pecking order, so to speak.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then it later became owned by El Dorado Greenfield, who also got into the milling business too. He, he, took he over did the flour uh, mill.
1: I'm not sure how much he worked hand in hand with uh, uh, Mr. Ware, uh, but you know they, they they were both very highly into real intricate mill work. If you come and see the house, you'll see the, well, I know you have, but the windows, the doors, it, it's all very ornate. And it's not something you would typically see in what I would consider a small frontier town at that point.
0: Yeah, uh, it was very interesting past. I think Sylvester Ware had a, um, a a blind and window factory that he built on the same property, mm-hmm. which was tied in with the mill race uh, the, or the river on the Ottawa. They had a mill going out there, so...
1: Right, and yeah. and I, and I think he almost built that home to showcase uh, what he could do. I know, right. you know, me being in the woodworking business, I would have done the same thing. I've used my home here in town many times to have customers come in and see. Okay, this is the kind of woodworking I do and uh, cabinetry, that type of thing. So I, I'm sure somewhere in the back of his mind, he was considering that.
0: I, you know, that makes total sense to me now that you say that, and because I just did this detailed video on it at the request of the, the Athens area historical society. And it didn't occur to me until just now that he must've been really trying to show off his skills and, and his company because he was just starting this thing up at around the same time he built the house.
1: Right. Right. You know, and when he uh, built the home, uh, he, at that time, most of the homes, if you already call them shacks in this area really had no windows and doors. Uh, it, it was just wow. it was so new. Uh, now not the windows and doors were new, but in small communities, just starting, yep. area. Uh, you know, so I think he was really pushing that. And I think he was instrumental in not a charity situation, but really giving to the people of the area that were building these homes to get windows and doors and, and that type of thing in there. You know, this mm-hmm. is Michigan. And uh, the things get a lot colder than they are right now.
0: Yeah, and I I would imagine he influenced a lot of those other historic homes that you see on the the side streets back in Athens. Oh, sure. Maybe on the older side that his um, he probably had a lot to do with how they were designed in the windows and the shutters and.
1: Oh, most definitely. I, yeah. I've I've done research myself on my own home, which is here in town, and I know it was built in 1880, uh, but mm-hmm. I. Can't... I can't find out who actually originally built the home.
0: Uh, but I there's see. a lot of things
1: similar to this home that uh, we found in the, uh, the Greenfield house.
0: Interesting. So, mm-hmm. so um, did you have any interesting stories about the renovation when you got into this historic landmark?
1: Uh, well, you know, we, we would uncover things in the walls, which so many years in historic renovations, I was kind of used to that, uh, but to, to, Mr. Ramirez and some of the helpers that were there that were, they found it so interesting, which I, you know, I kind of looked upon it as, well, you know, we find this stuff all the time. Right. But when I stood back and really looked at, you know, how important some of these things are to the other people involved, then I started to take a little more active approach in cataloging and keeping these things. Uh, we actually found a, one of the doors on the north side of the house, had uh, etching in it. I'm not sure how he did it. It was done by uh, Mr. Greenfield huh. uh, that has a date, has his name on it. Uh, it's got three or four spots on this glass that he did that. And we didn't even see it until I started taking all these doors apart and you know renovating them and cleaning them all up, putting them back together. Wow. we were trying to save all of this uh, old historic glass and I happened to look at it, and I said, my gosh, here's, there's etching on here. So I now have it. In fact, it's in my shop. i got to get it over there before this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I took it, cleaned it, put it in a frame, kind of accented all the etching. Uh, so just another part of you know, what we found as we were going through the house.
0: Well, and I also heard that they found a drawing, uh, the one that's on display in there, that was uh, by George Greenfield.
1: Yes, that was by George. It's a... We're thinking it's a watercolor. Uh, mm-hmm. It was done actually on butcher paper. Uh, if okay. anybody sees it, they'll see. Yeah, it's kind of crinkled up. And but if you do watercolors on even a today's current butcher paper, it's going to do the same thing. And yep. uh, it was in a garbage can in the attic with a bunch of other rolls of uh, like old uh, roller shades. Hmm. And one of the guys that was working pulled it out, and he says, said, ah, we're just going to toss this." And Something told Chico to hey, grab this and let's, let's look into it a little bit more.
0: And uh-huh.
1: upon unrolling it, uh, we, we found this this watercolor. Uh, wow. And uh, it, I, well, you've seen it, I think, in the house there. Uh, we had it all framed and did as much restoration of it as we could. Uh-huh. Uh, but it just, you know, to have that, it was something that, that he did himself was really, really quite something.
0: Was it was it signed on the back by George? Or? Oh,
1: it's it's signed down on the the very bottom.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, it I didn't see. I didn't quite look at that in the frame. That's that's quite a find. I mean, that's mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, And I also I went into the Coppola Coppola when I was there. They took me. They had me go up those narrow staircase. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and filmed it. And coming down, looking at the walls, you see Georgie Greenfield signed on the wall, and Correct. you can imagine yeah. that he did that when he was a kid. Right. Because you know, it says Georgie. I mean, I, that would have probably been how he was called as a boy. Sure, sure. You and know, there's so...
1: even, I mean, if you spend a little time in that stairway, there's areas that say uh, electricity when it was first mm-hmm. brought into the home and that date is there. And wow. uh, it's just, There's so much interesting stuff when you really stand back and start to look at these things in these older homes. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it, now we think of it as, oh, okay, that's nothing. Some writing on the wall. but. You know, that could have been the very first home that actually had electricity uh, in this area. You just don't know.
0: Yeah, that's quite a possibility. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and and the the Greenfield, I mean, El Dorado. For my the way I could determine, he bought it somewhere around eighteen eighty three, probably right. right after the death of Sylvester Ware, um, and then they owned it until like nineteen seventy two. The family did.
1: Yes, yep, they did, yep. Uh, and then it got i'm not sure how it changed hands to another family here in town uh who then kind of subdivided it into apartments and mm-hmm. ended up oh, back uh you know in the 2013 14 right in that area went to auction once mm-hmm. or twice uh it had been vacant for 35 years oh and, really uh, it really really got into disrepair in fact i i almost I shouldn't say almost, I I really tried to talk Mr. Ramirez out of buying the house. So you really (laughs) want to get into this. Uh, I've I've worked, I even worked on one of Henry Ford's original mansions in the Detroit area. And, And I said, you know, you really have no idea what you're getting into if you haven't done this before. And he's like, no, I want to do it. He was one of these, I can't take it with me type of people. And I just want to, I want to do it for the community. All right it was such a great thing for him to undertake. And I thought, well, if he's going to commit himself to this point, I guess I'm going to have to be right there with him. Oh,
0: that's, that's quite something.
1: And I spent so many evenings and afternoons sitting on my patio, going over doing this and doing that. And, uh, and now it's, you've seen where it is now.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's, it's quite a remarkable job. I mean, you guys have the whole exterior renovated now, and then the Correct. first first floor, and you've done. Um, did you have to change the utilities in the basement? Put a new furnace in? Oh, well
1: every all the mechanicals. All the mechanicals. The, I figured the, that. The yeah. HVAC, electrical, plumbing. So it,
0: basically, it. the basement is all done, and the the main floor is done. You still have the upper floor to raise funds for and finish, but it's um, it's quite. Beautiful to tour. And I, I love how you guys added the service kitchen. That was such brilliantly planned out because that makes the home so much usable as a, a community space.
1: Sure. Sure. You know, yeah. we, we, we do see as time goes on, possibly, uh, having weddings there, you know, it could yep. be a huge wedding, but you know, mm-hmm. so many, uh, weddings that you go to anymore, they're, they're outside in a big tent well we have plenty of room to do that and uh so you know we're looking into that we do have a committee going now to explore um you know having larger functions like that
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um you know I, i think we'll eventually get there
0: yeah now the old original rendering that was done back in 1865 showed this really nice ornate fence around the border of the property. Do you have plans to, to do something to put that well, back in place? or we,
1: we really have, we've done some digging around out where the city sidewalks were in the front. Uh-huh. And really we, we, we see no indication that that fencing was ever really in place uh, no. other than, other than in the rendering.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And, and, and that happens many times with architects, you know, they'll yeah. throw this in, throw that in and, doesn't necessarily make it to the finished product.
0: Yeah. Not having any photos back from that period is kind of
1: exactly. difficult. You know, yeah. we sent one of the guys out, oh geez, three, might even been four years ago. I said, take a post hole digger out there and dig six or seven holes along that sidewalk and see if you can see, you know, find it. And he found no type of foundation down there at all.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, Did he I, find the original sidewalk? Cause I did come across several references that, um, Athens had a, quite a sidewalk system at one point.
1: Well, it did, and, and it still does uh, yeah. for you know a small co- small country type community. Um, I I wouldn't say the one that's there now is original, uh, but right. you know I'm sure it's been redone. But I would have to say it's in the same location that, that what was there originally.
0: Okay. And how long did the actual restoration take? Uh, you started about a year after. He acquired yeah. it and laid out the funding and all of that.
1: Uh, no, there was there, there was stop and go periods, what I call uh-huh. it. You know, you kind of, everybody gets enthused and lots of fundraising going on. And, okay, let's, you know, do that. We have to start from scratch, you know, tearing some walls out and, and moving mm-hmm. things and redoing. So, you know, I, I would say the first year um, was almost a nonstop, not every day, but, but we had a, a crew of two guys, a father and son, that were in there almost every day cleaning and, and just getting rid of all the stuff that didn't need to be there anymore.
0: Right.
1: Uh, and, you know, so then things kind of died down a little bit and then a little more fundraising. And then we got into uh, at that point, we decided, well, what we're going to need to do is concentrate on the first floor and the exterior, mm-hmm. worry about the second floor later. And once we got everybody on board with that, then things started to go a little bit quicker because, you know, we weren't taking in the entire scope of the project all at one time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which, which is really any big renovation like that. That's the way it should be done. One, one step at a time. You can't just attack everything. Right. Uh, so, you know, we decided at that point the interior and exterior were our main things. And for the next year, year and a half after that, we went gung-ho. And all of that. Uh, wow. Now we did uh, a lot of the walls on the first floor uh, are all original plaster. A lot of patching, obviously, and skin yeah. coating, and uh, but none of that has been drywalled. Uh, some of the ceilings did have a drywall skin put on them because they were just too far gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the woodworking uh, that's painted it was original to the house, which was mm-hmm. really kind of surprising that with his, with Sylvester Ware's uh, company doing what he did, that he would do all of the trim and doors and windows in poplar and paint it as opposed to doing it in oak or maple or something like that. Wow. I, I really found that very strange.
0: And, and so did all of, were, were any parts of that survive or did you have to replace some of that oh, no. ornate?
1: All, all of the trim, with the exception of, just some some fill in pieces here or there that were destroyed. Uh-huh. It's all original to the house.
0: Wow! So that we... it really say it really uh, endured.
1: Oh, it did! It did! It was very well done. Uh, there was a lot of scraping and cleaning and sanding and uh, filling holes, and you know, so we uh, did as best we could with it. It, it. You'd be hard pressed to find anything that I mean, it looks like it's new almost. Wow! Uh, and it's one hundred and. 55 or so years old so uh, it worked out very very well there are there is some new woodworking in there pretty much anything that is of solid oak uh, finished oak uh, I did uh, Chico just wanted some of that look in there mm-hmm. uh, the stained glass windows between a couple of rooms and uh, oak doors with stained glass all of that I, I made for Chico to put in there and okay. uh, so you know, it was just really it was such a nice project to be involved in, uh, yeah. and not myself not have to be there day to day running the project. You know? so, uh, yeah. Yeah. It just it has come out so great. We're, we're, we even have the original floor, uh, the floor that's in there is original to the house. It was when it was first put in. We're estimating it was about an inch and three eighths thick, all tongue and groove. Okay. Uh, and we ended up sanding. about a quarter of an inch off of it to get it down to where what it looks like today which is not new but it it looks much better than it did
0: well that's good that you were able to save most of the floor you know
1: yeah well except for a couple of pieces that we had to patch in yeah it's all all original
0: and i found it interesting it had that cistern that you can see into from the kitchen Mm -hmm. with the old grill over that's uh that certainly takes you way back to the, the Civil War period, you know, with cyst oh, under there the we, house.
1: We found that fairly early on and just couldn't decide what to do with it. We, we had not even thought of filling it in, thinking, well, eh, we want somebody to fall in here, you know, always thinking liability. And, uh, right. But the, the more we thought about it and then we found this big grate we could put over it and decided, well, why don't we put some lighting in there? It just, you know, then people can really see how, how things work back in back in that time period what yeah. they did for their their uh, at least wash water I'm sure they used some of that water for cooking because it was being boiled so you know somewhat mm-hmm. sterilized in that process I wouldn't say it was potable water but you know I, I, enough to do the daily grind of cleaning and, and washing and that type of thing
0: yeah it's um it's it's a nice talking point when you go through the the house because I I don't know of a lot of old houses that still have a cistern in the house itself. Usually you find it out in the backyard or something like that, um, mm-hmm. or you see it more out towards the new England area and not so much in this area of the country, you know? So right, it's, right. It's, it's a neat talking point when you're taking someone as a tour through the house. Oh, sure. And and there's not a, is what I understand, there's not a lot of the original furniture or anything that was,
1: preserved a lot of that stuff well because it was you know used as a rental for so many years Mm -hmm. uh, and then sat vacant for so many years there really there was nothing i I don't even think any attic had any any type of furnishing left in there okay Uh, there are a few things which i know you highlighted in your uh your video about the house one mirror that's hanging in the the middle parlor
0: right was
1: original to the house that uh Somebody who, who used to spend a lot of time with the Greenfields when they were young. Uh, I guess that mirror was given to them at one point, and then they brought it and gave it back to us when they seen what was going on.
0: Oh, that's nice that someone yeah. actually saw the project and, and knew they had a, a, one of the original artifacts. Oh, there,
1: there, there is, you know, I really shouldn't say there's no pieces in the house that were originally there, because... Some of the artwork that is there was also returned uh, to the Historical Society by the same gal who had the mirror. She had three or four, maybe even five paintings. And so they are now hanging in exactly the same spots that she remembered them hanging when she was young.
0: Ah, that's good to know. That's good to know.
1: There's a a few things that that are still there that that were there when uh, Mr. Greenfield took over the house.
0: Were there any, like, particular major challenges during the course of restoring the property?
1: Uh, you know, really, homes that were built back then are, were built so much better than what is built today.
0: That's uh, true. You,
1: yeah. you know, as far as structure, uh, the foundation, and we've had to tuck point a little bit of the, the mortar. Uh, but for the most part, uh, two and a half foot wide stone structure doesn't deteriorate real fast. Uh, so that was all in pretty, pretty good shape. All the structure, the wood structure, uh, which, you know, two by fours now are inch and a half by three and a half. Back then they were two by four. Uh-huh. And solid oak, uh, all the spacings were 12 inches instead of 16 or 24. It's just a very, very well-built house. Yeah. Uh, and all the siding, the siding was all made out of cypress, which will last Almost forever uh, in outdoor elements, uh, even without paint on it. So we had, oh, geez, I would say maybe three or four pieces of siding on the entire house had to be replaced.
0: Wow! So that was cypress on the outside. Yeah, rest of
1: it was all cypress. All of the uh, the gingerbread or brackets, whatever you want to call them, uh, were uh, those were all made out of cypress as well. Uh, the only one of those, the only things, parts of that had, that had to be replaced up in the cupola, if you look from the outside, you'll see these real big ornate uh, brackets, if you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're four feet tall, four and a half feet tall. Uh, those were, they were done. They were okay. just rotted. And so I, I duplicated those. I made four new of those out of cypress. Okay. Uh, and, and so they got installed, and hopefully they will last as long as the rest of the house does. Wow. Uh, and the only other thing that had to be replaced really was uh, um, all the shutters. I, I, I remade all the shutters uh, to go in there. And then um, the exterior, what we would call storm windows, because uh, there's your internal sashes and then also a wood frame storm window on the outside, I, I did have to make all new windows. So, okay, you know, but, but you know, for, for and, and I, it, it was not that they were falling apart or destroyed, they just weren't there. Who knows what happened to them? Hmm. We did have one storm window and one shutter, and I was able to use those to duplicate what we needed to complete the outside of the house.
0: Oh, that's great that you have the skills and know how to do that. That's uh, and that you had a template to go with, you know, with well, the original... yeah,
1: and I'm sure I could have figured it out without it, but. It was yeah. just nice to have it, to take it all apart and, and then reassemble all the new ones uh, exactly mm-hmm. as the old ones were made.
0: Wow. So there's plans now for the second floor to start rolling out fundraising and maybe get on that part of the project next year? Or?
1: Well, we've already gotten uh, approval uh, of a grant, a smaller grant from the state uh, to do the second floor. Okay. That is has nowhere near as much to be done to it as the first floor did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that area up there was never used as rental area. So basically the door that goes upstairs was locked and nobody ever had access up there over oh, those okay. 35 or 40 years that the house sat there. So it's I mean, it, it, it has its age, uh, but it basically just needs a, a, a real big facelift, I would say. Clean up the walls, do some patching sand the floors, put a couple new doors in. Mm-hmm. All the windows and everything were already done for up there. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, nowhere near as big a project. But we do have to still add electrical and heating and cooling. Uh, the Mechanicals are partially done. They're run to the second floor, but mm-hmm. never completed to, to heat and cool that area.
0: I gotcha. So what are the plans to use the space once it's renovated? Is that gonna well, be- Well,
1: we're, we're still not sure. Um, <laughs> we i know one one bedroom is fairly small that'll be pretty much for storage uh, i would think of artifacts or whatever we have for mm-hmm. the house two bedrooms are pretty large but as you well, as you've seen you went up those stairs and mm-hmm. those are not the the most insurance friendly stairs if you want to call
0: them that. <laughs> they are kind of narrow yeah it's
1: it's uh, they're narrow they're very steep and at the top of them it's you got a very strange configuration Uh, We had thought originally, you know, maybe we could make one of those bedrooms a dressing room for brides or whatever uh, that we were having a wedding for. But then we're thinking, okay, you got a big, big old elaborate wedding dress. Uh, Yeah, that was the first
0: thought I had coming down those stairs with a big dress on. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I I think we will just end up using that as, as kind of a museum area. Uh, we'll set those bedrooms up as they would have been uh, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, uh,
0: that wouldn't make
1: and, sense. And so, you know, we'll have tours. But, and then there's still the issue of the stairway. You know, we have to have our insurance people come in and measure them, look at and make sure if something was to happen, we would not be liable uh, for it, you know. So, right. uh, you know, it, it, it's still, I, I would say within the next year, that second floor should be finished up uh but but it's not a huge rush at this point uh, the mm-hmm. main parts we wanted done uh quickly are, are now done
0: so. well it's quite a a beautiful final product at least on the 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 part that you've got done i mean the main floor certainly is a showcase and i understand that there's some events coming up in athens uh i know the homecoming is this weekend and when this podcast is air you it's gathering Sunday morning, so if you guys are listening to this, go down to Athens today, because there's some stuff going on on Sunday here. Um, but when can they normally tour the, or the it, Greenfield House Museum?
1: They just had, and I hate to be uninformed, but they, they had a meeting last week about what days it was going to be open, uh, and I was up in Michigan's beautiful UP for the week. Okay. So I didn't attend that meeting.
0: Well, we'll put the uh, links. Yeah. I'll put the links on the podcast description sure, of the sure. uh, uh, yeah, Greenfield the... House, so they can contact them and see the schedule. I'm sure they'll post it there.
1: Oh yeah, it'll be there. Yeah. You can. Uh, there's a, a website for the Athens Area Historical Society.com, basically, uh, and then also the Historical Society and Friends of the Greenfield House uh, are on Facebook, uh, so that they can go there and, and and you know if they if they follow it, like it. Then they'll get notification of things that are going on uh, at the house. Uh, the, the the big The big thing right now, and it's always a big fundraiser, is the homecoming weekend. We do tie that in with what's going on in the village, and uh, well, it'll be. If this is airing Sunday. We'll have already had the hog roast and the the band and all that. But it's something we do every year, and we're going to have more uh, events like that. We're hoping end of summer to have almost like a, a mini triathlon starting off at the Potawatomi Reservation and starting off with kayaking and then bicycling and, and, and then running uh, and ending at the Greenfield House. Uh, so, yeah, it's still in the works, but we've been trying to put it together for a couple of years and hopefully this year it'll come together in the fall. Oh,
0: no, that sounds great. Sounds like a lot of fun activities to take part yeah. in.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great.
0: Well, thanks for taking time today to be on the show, Keith. It's been uh, fascinating. Learned a lot about how you guys put this thing back together again.
1: Certainly. Uh, I'm glad I could be of help. I wish I could have done it last week and you were trying to get me, but I was up up in the UP.
0: I appreciate it. The
1: signal's not great up there.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's fine. So I've been talking with Keith Dara. He's with the Athens area historical society who has played a large role in the renovation of this historic property the greenfield house i will put the links to the the greenfield house and the athens area historical society in the description of this podcast episode so you can find out more about it contact them set yourself up a time to tour the property and certainly when you're in the athens area check out the museum there as well And as always, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on michaeldelaware.com and send me a message on there. And until next time, when we take another journey into history here on Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past, thanks for listening.